today was really stressful. <laughs> today was a day. There are sometimes when days like this happen and like at the end of the day, you're like, what just happened? Everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> but we're here. We made but it. But we're here. And that's all that matters. We are here in the virtual studio and that is all that matters. Second time is the best time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bundle of Hers. This is Mariam in the virtual studio with none other than Lena. Hi. We have a very special episode. Well, every episode is very special, <laughs> but today <laughs> is a very special episode because it's just me and Lena, which FYI, fun fact, I think we've talked about this, but Lena and I are roommates. So we're going to have a roomy episode. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic that I think think has gained a lot of popularity within our generation. Specifically, we're going to be talking about generational trauma and why it's an important conversation to have and how it relates to healthcare. So before we kind of jump in, I think even though this topic has been something that at least like I think we've heard a lot more in our generation, Lena, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's kind of like this hot topic. I know that sometimes like it can be kind of confusing to just jump into a topic without really defining what we're talking about. So when we're talking about generational trauma or intergenerational trauma, we're specifically talking about this concept that was developed in recent years to help explain years of generational challenges that happen within families. And more specifically, it's the passing on or sending down to younger generations of oppressive or traumatic effects of historical events within families. And something that I thought was really interesting was this podcast, there's a huge focus on identity, right? And especially when we join this podcast, we talk a lot about our identity. And something that I started to notice is, you know, how like our identity gets shaped, at least like for in my personal experience, how I've shaped my identity. A lot of it goes back to how I was raised, how I interacted with my family and those specific things. And so that's why I think when we talk about generational trauma or just how different historical events have impacted different generations, our ancestors, and how that impacts who we are fundamentally, I think it's an important conversation to be had. Speaking of family, I kind of wanted to like start with our families. And I know we talk a lot about our backgrounds, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background, just like specifically like where you come from? Yeah. So I grew up in Gaza, Palestine, or the Gaza Strip. I've lived there kind of until I was 18. A big part of kind of living there is not knowing if you're going to make it out alive. We kind of came here continuously to live here, me and my family in 2013. And It seemed kind of at the beginning, I feel like when we came here, a lot of it was like, oh, we're in a better place now. We are good. We're not living under the same situation that we were living on before. Yet somehow a lot of things still affected me. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of these feelings that aren't easy to let go of or these experiences even aren't easy to let go of. It took me a while to realize that is part of just kind of what I lived through and how it's still kind of within me, if that makes sense. And it's not as something as easy, like just, oh, okay, it's gone, then that's gone. It's something that continues to impact me daily, even to this day. Yeah. And I've seen it in other people, whether they've kind of experienced the same thing as me, where they've came here to the U.S. at like my age or lived a significant portion of their life back home or have just lived their whole life here as first generation Americans and their family immigrated here. 
it's very similar. It's very similar in how we talk to each other and kind of the experiences that bring us together and how we find kind of healing or who understands that. I mean, it's kind of how me and you got along so well. Like you mm-hmm. get me, I get you, girl. <laughs> but we have those shared experiences, even though our experiences are not the same. Yeah, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about our relationship because I think it's so unique. I think when I first met Lena, kind of right off the bat, we started kind of talking about our families. That was one of the first things that we connected on, just our family dynamics. You know, I was born in the States. I talk about that a lot. I was born in the South in Georgia. But my parents, my dad's from Iran, my mom's from Afghanistan. And we were more specifically talking about our family dynamics and how similar our experiences were, how we were raised by our parents. And something that I started to think critically about when I started having these deep conversations with Lena was how vastly different the way we were raised was than a lot of my peers that I grew up with here, especially in Georgia, right? Who didn't have like a similar background. And it had me thinking about how a lot of the traumas that our parents, our family members, our ancestors have experienced, how that informs our everyday lived experiences. What was so special, I think, Lena, about our relationship is I was never really forced to think about generational trauma in my family until we met Lena, you and I, even though I've never experienced war firsthand, but you and I both have family members who, including yourself, have experienced war firsthand. War is a trauma and how that like directly impacted how we were raised. And so this was the first time that I was really thinking about how trauma can impact not just like us and our direct family members, but how it can impact many generations before us. Lena, I love when you talk about the Palestinian experience because it's obviously something incredibly personal to you and it's a beautiful, wonderful culture, right? But it's also a culture that's been under attack for the longest time, right? In so many different ways. And I think that that definitely impacts how how you were raised. When I think about the Palestinian experience, I think about things that whenever you meet a Palestinian, they will bring up. There's a lot of anger, for sure, because of the many, many years that we've lived under occupation or attacks or injustice. I think about that life may not be good for a very long time. And that's just how we are right now. And that's the world we live in. But I also think kind of about the strength of our community and how every time I meet a Palestinian, it's like, I know we've been through things. I know that um, you've lived through things. And I know that we're persistent and that we are strong and that we are able to get through this together. We're able to communicate and heal together as a community. But it's hard and it's going to be hard. So it's kind of like appreciating sometimes the little things, the things that we can appreciate or the things that we can love. So like we go hard for our celebrations. We go hard for loving the land. Every time me and you have been around a beach area, my heart has just flown because I feel like my soul is attached to the sea. I remember when we took our first vacation together, when we went to San Diego last year, we hadn't been to the beach in so long. This was kind of like our fun beach trip after we finished school. We got to the beach and it was like seven o'clock, eight o'clock. No, it was probably later. It was dark outside. We go by the beach, we sit in the sand. And I just remember turning to Lena and she's like crying. (laughs) At first I was like, are you okay? But after a while, I started to understand it's about that connection that you were talking about to the land, right? And she was telling me this reminds me of Gaza. 
this reminds me of home. And I think it was in that moment that I really started to understand Lena's experience, not just like as a Palestinian who she is, but also like how she was raised and what was passed down onto her and how powerful that is and how beautiful it was to share that moment with her because I felt a lot more connected to her in that. And it also just reminds me if I can speak a little bit more about my personal experience. My whole life has been here, but I often feel like there's always this tie to the backgrounds that I have, despite not really having that like geographic presence that I, I really wanted to have growing up. You know, I never got to go back to Iran. I never got to go to Afghanistan and really like be immersed in that culture with my people there. But the ways that we were raised were so unique, I think in centering those experiences. And I love that you mentioned the love and the resilience that comes out of uh, how we're raised and, and part of who we are, um, especially if you know you come from a community that has been through a lot of oppression, through war, a lot of hardship. But something that I distinctly remember growing up was you know, I was probably seven or eight years old. And my mother, I don't think she always knew how to talk about Afghanistan because as a refugee, it's hard to live your whole life somewhere and then have it completely ripped away from you and start a new life and then have kids and talk to them about it. Right. I think that was the case for her. So the way that she best knew how to explain Afghanistan to us was by having us watch the news at that time, when I was like seven or so, that's when Afghanistan was in the news a lot because of war, because of the Taliban, because of all of these very messed up things happening. <laughs> Quickly, like the framework became, you know, this is who you are. This is the sad stuff that's happening to your people. And that's the only way my mom knew how to talk about Afghanistan. And I think that framed how she raised us and all the values that we had. When I think Lena both of our parents, and of course, including you, were ripped away from their homelands. It impacts how we grow up and the values that they instill in us. And while a lot of that is resilience and while a lot of it is love, a lot of it is coping through trauma. And so when I think back about my own mother and I think about what her experiences must have been and how difficult it is to speak about those things, I think about the barriers between her and I's relationship. So there's a lot of things that go into this conversation. And I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of things that we inherit from our parents' experiences and their parents' experiences and so on and so forth. When you talk about your mom, what she's able to say or not say, I think for a very long time, and even to this day, there are a lot of things I can't talk about. There are a lot of things I feel like I can't share. Like Survivor's Guild, in a way, like we had the opportunity to get out we are not living the same wars anymore. We are not stuck there anymore. Why should I share something or like talk about it when I'm not even going through it anymore? And I feel I've met a lot of people from backgrounds of oppression. We feel like we don't deserve to talk about because we're not there because we're not having those feelings because we shouldn't be that voice in a sense. Yeah, I really like that you mentioned the survivor's guilt piece. I think it's an example of how detached like people from our generation feel from our parents' generation. I think with my mom and our relationship specifically is where I think about these things the most, and especially as generational trauma manifests in my family. You know, my mom, like having been through what she went through with her siblings and everything, and how there's like such a disconnect in a way between her and I's experience. We're very, very fortunate 
when she moved here, um, she was able to seek out like support and resources. And so we became very fortunate later on. I always had what I needed growing up. And for that, I'm forever grateful for my mother for ensuring that for me. When my mom came here, she didn't have all those resources. She didn't have the support that she needed to make it here. And I think sometimes growing up, the way that our relationship was, was very much her being in that survival mindset. Oh, we can't spend money on this because we don't have the money or her just kind of reacting out of a lot of fears. And I just thought that was part of having a Middle Eastern mom, to be honest. (laughs) Maybe, maybe some of it, maybe some of it, honestly. But I think when I started to become more critical of her life and the experiences she went through, it became a little bit more apparent where it was coming from. I think when you were talking about like survivor's guilt specifically, I remember feeling you know, when you're young, you care about like the most trivial things, right? Especially if you're like me and you were very fortunate. If I was having a bad day at school or if I was having like a really bad day, like in general or something trivial happened in my life, you know, my mom would always respond in a really interesting way. And she'd be like, okay, but that shim, that shim means my child, right? That shim, you know, you're going to be okay. There are children in Afghanistan that are dying, right? <laughs> and I think like uh, probably a lot of immigrant parents will say, say that to their kids, especially when their kids are being ungrateful. Yeah, I feel like that comes from their guilt as well. That's what I was getting at, right? Because they came here, they create this life for us, but they feel disconnected too, right? From their people, from their homeland. And so there's a lot of guilt that goes into this too, and especially how we're raised. Survivor's guilt is such a real thing because every time like, I bring up Afghanistan with my mom, now, now that I'm older and now that I kind of understand her a little bit better... It's still a hard conversation. I feel like there's a lot of, okay, Mariam, you don't understand this. You didn't go through it. And I think that creates that barrier between like me and my mom in terms of that experience. It's just something that we like typically don't think about when we think about generational trauma. I always try to picture how my life would have been different if my mom hadn't gone through what she went through or if my dad or like anybody in my family really that had to immigrate over here. And it's just, it's very hard for me to envision, to be honest. And when we talk about identity, Lena, you know that like I love talking about my identity. But I think the reason that I'm more outspoken about it is because I felt like when I was younger, my parents didn't know how to talk about it. And so as I got older and kind of came, felt more comfortable in my identity, I was very unapologetic about it. I was like, I want this, right? And I felt so disconnected from it. And I think a lot of that was because of how my parents experienced what they experienced back home. And I feel like a lot of that trauma with being disconnected when either we first came here or when your parents first came here, there was a lot of stigma and there was a lot of kind of bad stereotypes. There still is, but right now it is a little bit better for us to be connected to our identity and to be unapologetic about it. But I I feel like there's a lot of trauma that was like with coming here and then also with like the people here. And our parents didn't have that community. They didn't have their families. They didn't have the life that they got used to or at one point the life that they were able to tolerate and heal because now they're in such a different place or such even just a different mindset. And it's kind of hard to connect there. It's hard to find a place to heal or to 
be okay, I think. And then in addition to the guilt and to just feeling like nothing's changing. I mean, I feel that all the time. Just as you were talking, I was thinking about like how this conversation impacts how we talk about mental health in our families too. Um, I think this is like a perfect example of how trauma that impacts certain generations manifests itself differently. And especially how we like, you know, support each other through mental health or even like seek out like access to resources and things like that. I'm a big proponent of people seeking out like mental health support, right? Obviously, like that's a very good thing that I feel like in our generation, especially it's kind of become this thing that's been a bit more normalized than the generation prior. But then when you factor in like coming from an immigrant background, right? It's just, it's interesting the ways that like our parents and the generation before had to cope with their trauma. Maybe like a few years ago, if I was thinking about it with my, with my mom's generation, I would say something along the lines of like, that generation didn't deal with their trauma, but we're like the cool woke generation and we like know to go to therapy, right? (laughs) You know, take that with a grain of salt, whatever. But I think like, as I've thought about it a little bit more, you mentioned our parents didn't have like access to certain resources. Like my mom, I don't think she fully understands the concept of therapy, not because it's not an easy concept to like understand, but because that's just not something that existed in Afghanistan, because that's just not how Afghans heal, right? Like, we're a very communal people. If she was dealing with something really difficult, the ways that they cope with trauma, and I'm sure this is the same way with Palestinians, too, because we've talked about this, Lena, and other communities historically that have like been through war, who have been oppressed, the ways that we heal is with community. It's communal. But when you take the experience of being taken away from your homeland, you're in this like diaspora, it's hard for people to feel like they can connect and it's hard to have that healing component. And it's it's just interesting how it's such a different experience, like the healing process is such a different experience for each generation. And I think that's kind of where some of the miscommunication lies when we're talking about healing through that generational trauma. Because every time I talk to like my older family members, they just see my life as drastically different. They see my barriers as drastically different, which they are. But it's just that kind of disconnect that can feel really, really difficult in this conversation. Yeah. And I feel like already we can feel very isolated because of our like the difference in our experiences, like in general, even when it doesn't have to do with war or trauma. But generally, people do feel isolated in their experience when something happens to us or when we're experiencing things. It feels like we're alone in it. It feels like no one else can understand us. No one else can relate to us and we feel alone and we tend to deal with it on our own because there's this mindset that you have to be strong and you have to deal with it on our own. And I feel like that just exacerbates that disconnect and we end up not talking to each other, not realizing that we have the support, the community, not realizing that this is something that could really, really help us. I've seen it personally in myself because, yes, I am 100% behind individual therapy and that can help me realize the things that whether they trigger me or make me sad or things that will stress me out. And that's all great. But the other thing I need is my community and my support to know that I am not the only one struggling. I'm not here by myself. I can rely on you guys. And Yes. So a big part of it is kind of community and healing together. Like I said, the thing that stops it is we all think that we're doing things on our own. 100%. And I think also 
when you're in America, I think overwhelmingly, like when you're pursuing the American dream, it's very much an emphasis on individualism. And and I'm speaking from like personal family experience in that individual success, like the standard like immigrant story of like, have your kid start new, forget the past and have your kids completely disconnected from your past. Hopefully they'll make it here. And it's just such an interesting way to cope because when you're young, you're like, yeah, that's exactly how I want to approach this, right? Like I want to make it here and I want to be successful and I want to leave all of this hardship behind. But what's sad, I think, is that you start to begin identifying your community as just trauma. You're not able to kind of reshape the conversation a little bit, reshape that element of identity that's so crucial and so important and so beautiful. And I think it's that disconnect that kind of fosters that continued trauma. For me personally, because I've lived part of my life in Gaza, I've lived personally through some of that war trauma and through some of those experiences. I know that there are times to this day that I constantly feel tense. If sometimes you call me out of the blue, I get really anxious about something went wrong. Mm -hmm. I physically notice the difference in my body and how it reacts. And it did take me quite a bit to realize that a lot of that is just from my experiences back home and how much I am tense for a lot of my time. I mean, in school, we've learned a part of it is that there have been studies that show how trauma can be passed down physically through generations. And that's been done on Native Americans and Black people. And they've physically seen the changes in someone's brain and their anxiety and their stress and how that can affect their lifetime, even if they haven't been exposed to that trauma. And I do see it in myself as well. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that because when you talk about trauma, trauma is stored in the body. We get a little bit of training on in medical school as we're trying to understand how like emotional trauma impacts like our patient's well-being. But it's real. Trauma is something that is embodied and it is something that can be passed down as well. And we don't talk about it enough in these types of conversations either, especially in healthcare. I think that kind of just like leads into how do you heal generational trauma? When I also think about coping through that trauma, I think about another side of it, continuing to be a fighter or in fight mode. And it comes from like, you're so resilient. You are so strong and you feel like you constantly have to be in that mode of kind of defense or fight mode. And it just I was there for such a long time because anyone I've shared my experience with will be like, oh, you're so strong. You're so resilient. And it gets to the point where I feel like I can't really process my feelings and emotions. I can't process that trauma because I constantly have to make sure that I'm strong and that I'm at this powerful stance. And I think tying into like how we can heal is realizing that you don't have to be that all the time Mm -hmm. or I don't have to be that all the time. And I've really seen how I did heal from stepping away from that thought, being vulnerable with you, with my Palestinian friends, being okay to feel weak. And sometimes you don't have to constantly fight. You don't have to constantly be on defense mode. You don't have to be resilient. Sometimes I just want to cry about home. And I think having that thought, it did really help me find a way to heal a little bit more. And it's kind of opened up sometimes with my family. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel really sad about things and it's too much to be angry right now. And I just want to grieve with my family or just in this position where I don't want to put that energy right now. There is time and place for everything, but I think it's important to recognize you can be vulnerable. 
you don't have to fight all the time. You don't have to be the strong one. You can rely on your community for them to be the strong one today and you to kind of rely on them for that support. Uh, PSA for anybody out there who needed to hear that. (laughs) It's true. There is like such a dopamine rush that at least I get whenever people say that like you're resilient or you come from a resilient background, you know, resilience is well and good. But I think what you said is so spot on. I think healing is is more than just sticking to that resilience, because I think sometimes it becomes a part of our identity. But resilience, it's passed down for sure just like trauma, but it's not healing. And that's a huge, very crucial part of this conversation. I think healing is community. I think healing is love. And I think not to be sappy, but I think that this episode is really special for me to do with Lena specifically, because I think our relationship as friends was part of that, is part of that healing experience. The amount of times you've told me it's okay to grieve I needed to hear that because I felt like I couldn't grieve because I've lost people. I've lost a big part of my identity and it felt like, no, I just need to distract myself and be powerful. But you constantly kept reminding me it's okay to grieve. I think these types of relationships are so important because we're going to be the generation, right? (laughs) We're going to change it for our kids. (laughs) I mean, that's the hope. I always joke. I'm like, I'm going to be a really problematic Middle Eastern mom. Just watch. (laughs) The goal is to heal, right? The next generation. Yes. Yes. I want to wrap up our episode, Lena, by talking about how this applies to healthcare, because, you know, we're going to be doctors one day. (laughs) Bundle of hers. (laughs) And I think this conversation does really apply to medicine in two different parts. The first part that I want to talk about is the patient side of things. Me and Lena talk about our Middle Eastern backgrounds, but there are so many different communities that experience generational trauma because of historic oppressions, right? And a lot of them are communities that we serve here in the United States. I think it's important for future physicians, future healthcare providers to have a really good awareness of how generational trauma will impact not just the health and well-being of our patients, but also their relationship with healthcare. We know that systemic racism, we know that homophobia, transphobia, all these many different systemic oppressions can definitely shape how individuals, not just in this current generation, but throughout multiple generations based on their lived experiences through their families and their communities interact with healthcare. And so that's a really important piece to this conversation. And then the other important piece of this conversation as it pertains to healthcare is also just the personal side of things and why like we want to approach healthcare. I think that when you're talking about healing through generational trauma, there's so many different ways to do it. And I know that Lena, you and I had talked about as future physicians, we want to heal our communities, right? We want to heal like the next generation. And I think part of how we want to do that is by practicing as physicians and taking care of our people, because that's such a huge part of this, right? If they don't have a good relationship with healthcare, and and particularly in this country and in this system, then what do they have? Yeah. And time and time again, we've seen how both me and you personally have healed through our communities and have seen how it can be really healing for us to be vulnerable, to be strong, to be open, to have that support and want to be able to do that to our patients as well. Because we recognize how I recognize how my life changed with knowing that. Mm -hmm. I think in healthcare, we have a responsibility 
to do a lot of healing for that generational trauma because our healthcare system in the United States especially has a very horrible history and how they've treated minorities, how they've treated many different communities. And so there's a lot of healing generational trauma that has occurred within the healthcare system. So these are just really important things, I think, for us to think about moving forward. No pressure for us, though, right? Not at all. Not at all. No, we've got this. Future generation of doctors, we've got this. <laughs> well, Lena, thanks for having this conversation with me. <laughs> this was, um, I felt, a very healing episode. And, me too. Um, yeah. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to Bundle of Hers. Shoot, I forgot how to say bye. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> That's a, okay, okay. I'm really so glad that we had this conversation. This is something that I've felt for the longest time. It's something that I've embodied for the longest time, but never was able to voice or talk about, especially on a platform as special as bundles. So I'm really glad that we got to do this and I hope our listeners get as much out of it as we did. Um, well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Bundle of Hers. To tune into more episodes of Bundle of Hers, follow us uh, wherever you podcast. And please follow us on Instagram at Bundle of Hers for updates on new episodes and really fun, cute posts about us and life. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We're so awkward. <laughs> <laughs>